Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bitch Work Episode 3. I'm so excited to be here with truly one of my greatest friends in the entire world, my college roommate, my best buddy, my Isabel Hodgson. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Izzy is one of my, truly my greatest friends. We have such an amazing um, friendship story. Essentially, me and Izzy met when we were rushing for our sorority, Delta Gamma. We met the day of the first day of recruitment. I told her I liked her pink Hunter rain boots, and it was all history. From there, it read, the story wrote itself. Yeah, thank God for those pink Connor rain boots. Yeah, or else we would never be here today. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think Izzy's ever even, like, been on my channel, like, really. Like, you've been mm. in, like, clips, and, like, yeah. I've talked about you for sure. Yeah. But I don't think you've ever, we've ever done, like, a video together. No. Maybe, like, a couple little weekend things here and yeah. there, but that's not it. So, today we're going to talk to Izzy, because she is my fashion correspondent friend. Like, <laughs> Izzy is who I go to when I need fashion advice, when I need fashion inspiration. I think she single-handedly inspired every single one of my friend's styles. So I'm so excited to talk to her today, and you're really one of the only people that I know that work in fashion. So I'm just so excited for you to be here. Because I'm so excited to be here. So far, I've talked to social media and producer. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is my first jump into, like, the f- a field that's not my own or that I'm familiar with. So I'm truly so excited to learn, like, actually what you do. And I'm excited to share it. Great. So why don't we just jump right in and you start off by telling me, like, what your job title is and what exactly that means and, like, really what you do. Okay. I currently, right now, am a sales coordinator for Jason Wu. And what I do is I'm the liaison between the stores that buy the Jason Wu merchandise, and then obviously the company. So I sell his clothes to the department stores and to the little boutiques and to the e-commerce website. So the team's pretty small. I am one of three on the sales team. Um, I have two people above me that handle the more strategic high-end, um, not high-end, higher-up um strategies within Mm -hmm. the sales team but we all in bigger companies there's account executives who work with like one department store or a couple but because it's such a small company and a small business there we handle everything so I work with all the stores um and all the little boutiques cool yeah what stores can you name any of the stores like um we're in Nordstrom Bergdorf Goodman, Saks, Net-A-Porte. Nice. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of little boutiques that okay. it's crazy because I didn't know that going in. Well, I also came from Macy's, so I was, you know, only thinking department stores. But there's like a lot, a lot of tiny, tiny boutiques that like have these like a list clients who just like shop there and spend all their money there and it's it's crazy so you're talking directly to like these stores and the department store is kind of like going through the jason Wu collection and like seeing what pieces they're going to want yes so um every season there's a market so that's when um the stores come in and look at the collection so it happens four times a year um look at the collection decide what they want Obviously, the bigger stores buy a lot more, but, um, yeah, they come in, they see the lines, um, they pick what they want, that's where we mostly come in, help them, you know, organize their assortment, um, I do all the orders, so I, everybody sends their orders to me, I look through it, 
We, for the bigger stores, we talk about it, figure out if that that's the best assortment for them, um, and we go back and forth, but yeah. So it's essentially like you present all the clothes, Yes. they come in, Yes. and then from there they decide what they want to buy. Exactly. Do you like tailor what items you're showing to which stores? Like, oh, like Nordstrom's is coming in, I feel like they would really love this as opposed to like this. Yeah, we don't specifically show them anything that we wouldn't show somebody else. Um, I've been there for two markets now, and they see the whole collection. We recommend certain things based off um, of their clientele um, and where the stores are, um, but we show them everything. And we do have two separate lines. We have Jason Wu Collection, which is our higher price point um, collection, and that's what you mostly see on, like, the red carpets and on all the stars. And then we have our contemporary line, which is a lower price point, and it's a lot more skews because it's a lower price point. Skews, um, that's like garments. Yeah, okay. styles. Got it. So, so like, like one skew, skew equals is one shirt. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that is our contemporary line. And some stores buy one, some stores buy both. It's really Got um, it. dependent on their store and their business. Cool. Yeah. So besides market, like, what's another, like, I feel like that probably takes up a lot of your time and that's, like, super important and, like, one of the, like, the highest standing points of your job. Yes. But, like, other than that, like, what do you do on a day-to-day? What does, like, a day in the the life of Izzy look like at the Jason Wu office? And, like, what are other, some, like, big pillar moments in in your office? Like, fashion week or, um maybe like a private show or Uh something like that? Well, Fashion Week is, happens right before market. So literally only like two or three days after um, the presentation or the show is when we open market since that's when we know all the buyers are in town because some people, a lot of them travel from wherever their um, home base is. So that's a pretty, it takes, market lasts for like a week and a half, but then leading up to the show, it's all this preparation the show happens, and then market happens, and then right after market, it's about getting in all our orders. Got it. Because then production needs to start ordering fabric and... Interesting. Um, making sure all the patterns are correct and all of that. So that's a pretty busy time, um, and it, I would say, like, we're pretty busy and swamped for a good month because between the show and then market and then making sure all of the orders are in and compiling all of that, um, and that happens four times a year so um that was like our that's like our peak time Mm -hmm. and then we do besides that we do a lot of employee training and associate training so we go to um all of the major stores and in the mornings or um or in the afternoons we call them clinics product knowledge clinics where we're showing the associates the lines the lines that are coming in um we usually have a model there we bring our samples um so like the associates are aware of like the brand and like your ethos and like what how you guys want to sell your stuff and it also gets them really excited about certain if they love a dress and um especially in these new york stores they know their clients so well and they text them and they Send them pictures of things, so building that relationship with the associate, if they love a style that's coming in for fall, but it's not in yet, but they can reserve that dress, they know client's going to love it, Um, so building that relationship with the stores and the associates is really important because some of these 
associates are um, bringing a lot of money for the company and for yeah. the stores. So we do that throughout the year um, before um, lines are coming in or right when something hits the floor. We like nice. to go out to the stores. Um, we also just go to the stores just to visit them, see how our assortment's looking, walk the floor, see how other assortments and other brands are looking. Um, it's really helpful to see you know, who's shopping at that time, if the store is busy or not, just getting out there because I being on the floor and seeing how shoppers are shopping and what they're attracted to and what brands are doing really well and what brands aren't, it's really important for us because it um, helps us make more strategic decisions yeah. um, within, our par- within our partnerships with it, the stores. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my day-to-day is always very different. I do... We... Me and the PR team work very closely because samples are go- always going in and out. And there's only one sample of um, each style for the okay. most part, especially for collection, which is the higher end portion. So between getting sending all of the samples out to get shot for e-commerce websites. Got it. So every store that ca- all the major department stores that carry our line that we have to send the samples out to get shot for their website. Right. We also have to shoot it for our website. And we also And there's have, only one. Yeah, and there's only one. And we also have PR um who needs it for celebrities. And that goes that those requests are like always happening and we're always having samples go in and out and overnighting to one place and following up and like asking for it back and going one another place. So they're always traveling in and out of the office and that's my um I and the PR team help, you know, manage that. Sometimes I feel like I can draw on a map, like, this dress is in Texas, and this dress is in California, yeah. and this one is here. And, and then, then it'll move here, and yeah. here, and here, and you'll, like, like, be able to, like, pins. connect the dots. Yes, yes. Like, That's I, so interesting. Yeah. I had no idea that, like, so, like, let's say I see a garment on Nordstrom.com yes. from Jason Wu, like you have to send them that pic- that garment to take a picture of, yes. but then you also have to send that same garment to Bloomingdale's yes. to take a picture of. Yes, That's so crazy. And, I had no idea. Yeah, and it's just one sample. Um, and it's pretty crazy, but yeah, it's it's a lot of managing. So then the you guys don't actually make all the garments that you're going to sell until market when the stores tell you how many items they want? Exactly. Got so it. So we base um, our production quantities based off of, you know, these orders that we get. And... Not everything that's, like, shown in shows or shown in market is produced because sometimes people, you know, sometimes people don't order a certain style and so we cancel it or um, something like that. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So what's kind of, like, the next step from sales coordinator in a, in a fashion house? Yeah. Do you mean, like, for me or, like, in general? Because it it's really different based off, like, the fashion company, a mm-hmm. lot of, like, the bigger companies, I would say, like, a Tory Burch or a Theory, um, have account executives who work with just one or two accounts. So, it would, if I was at a bit bigger company, I would be working with, let's say, just Nordstrom. And Nordstrom Got would it. be, like, my account that I work on. So, when I was an assistant buyer at Macy's, we had an account executive at Urban Decay, who, like, was solely responsible for, like, the the Macy's business. Got it. Um, and there's, like, assistant account executives who are sort of more my level. Um, but I would love one day to, like, be in charge of, like, Bergdorf is my account. And, like, for a I, brand. For a brand. And, like, I want to make that 
business grow there, and that's, like, my sole... Got it. ...brand. Okay. I mean, that's my sole store that, like, I work on. Cool. But then you can so, go... So that would be, like, an account executive yes. for Bergdorf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. But you go... You can go all the way up um, to, like, merchandising within a brand where you're in charge of it all, or you're in charge of, like, all the accounts. So, um, like, one day I would like to be, like doing but I love 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 sales like I so see myself I like belonging to like one brand one name and being able to like sell it yeah um it's fun and it's cool to see the whole process of it because in such a small office I see um you know we sit like right next to the designers who are the designing things for a couple seasons out so you see it all yeah go through its life cycle so you mentioned Macy's a few times yes. and Urban Decay, yes. which I know about, but these people don't mm-hmm. know about. So I'd really love to now just like take it back and we can talk a little bit about um, how you started yeah. and like your first internships and like really to how you got to where you yeah. are now. Um, so let's start with what your major was yes. because everybody always asks me what my major was and I feel like you have an interesting story. So start with that and then like maybe go into like your first defining internship. So I went to Syracuse, obviously I met Jordan. Um, and I went there for retail management. Um, I always knew I wanted to work in fashion since a young age. My parents bought me like fashion drawing books to like learn how to become a fashion designer, except I cannot put pen to paper for the <laughs> life of me. Like I just it's terrible. My dad was an artist, and I did not get one of that gene. Um, so, but I was really good at math, and I loved math. Like, I loved algebra and Excel. And when I started researching colleges and majors, retail management or merchandising came up, and it was a good mix between this fashion world that I wanted to be in, but also this math skill that I was that I loved and mm-hmm. excelled at. So it seemed like the perfect fit, except I didn't want to go to a fashion school because I wanted, you know, the sororities. I wanted the football games. I wanted a campus. Yeah. Um, so Syracuse seemed like the perfect fit. And from what I researched, they had a lot of connections with New York City, which is where I always wanted to be and where, you know, fashion's hub really is in the United States. So Syracuse was the perfect spot for me. I got in with in retail management. I ended up picking up finance as a double major as a second major just because it was super easy to pick up a second major at the business school which is Whitman and I thought it would like be sort of fun because I also like want to be rich so (laughs) who does I was hoping really who does I was gonna like learn a lot but to be honest put me in like (laughs) JP Morgan Chase and I wouldn't know what I was doing anyways um so yeah retail management uh like I slow I quickly learned that they had so many connections to all the big retailers um that were based in New York City. We my sophomore year, like we took a trip down to New York City with the retail program and visited all these companies and startups and just different formats, um, which is really cool and a great networking opportunity. I interned my first internship was going into junior year at TJX Companies, who owned TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods, And it was in Boston. And it was a really great opportunity, not only because a lot of the retailers don't hire incoming juniors. They only hire incoming seniors. So that was one 
point that like really attracted me to TJX. Also, like I needed to, I didn't want to be at home. I'm from LA. I didn't want to be home that summer, but I also needed to make money and TJX just worked out perfectly. They yeah. put you up at Northeastern for free. I don't know if they do that anymore, but I didn't have to pay for housing. They paid you. And the only issue was that you had to drive out to um, Framingham, which is where the corporate offices are. But they put you up with all the interns. So, so many of us, right. had, so many of them had cars that we just. It's like um, a whole, that sounds so fun. Yeah, it was like a, a whole lot, program. a lot of fun. It was, the program was great and it was a great learning experience. And the company itself is a great, great, great company. I think. I always knew I wanted to be in New York City, so... So Boston just, like, wasn't for you. Yeah, Boston wasn't for me. Getting that internship, I would say, like, really taught me a lot about, like, getting yourself out there. Yeah, how did you get the internship? I, like, stalked the recruiter. Like, I would find out when she was on campus, and I would go to every event that she was at. So you went to a lot of, like, the job fairs on campus and all the job fairs, all these um, networking events. They have, like, office hours, Recruiting out of Whitman, the business school, was, like, huge. They always yeah, had... it really was. Like, so many corporations and so many businesses there, but I stalked her, like, she, even if it was, like, I went to a brunch thing and then I saw her, like, that night, I, like, always went up to her, so she knew my name even before all the interviews started, and what I would do is, if we got talking about something, and they're, if they're a good recruiter, like, they know how to, like, have a conversation. Like, yeah. they'll ask you questions and... They know that you're just trying to, like, get, get in job. front of them. We were talking about a program that I was in that was basically um, a mentor to the freshmen. And it was a new program that women started, and they were really, like, putting a lot of money behind it um, and making it a big initiative within the business school. And I was a part of it, and she asked about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there was an article in Business Week about it. She's like, oh, send me that later. So... I went home and I, like, sent her the articles that I found about it. It just, I tried to make that connection. Also, yeah. like, I always followed up. I always had my resume. I always looked nice. And it's a lot of, like, little things. But I think those are the things that, like, made me stand out. Right. Um, but it really taught me, like, getting in front of people. And especially for, like, an internship or a first job. Like, you might seem psycho, but, like, stalk them. Like, I mean, yeah. And it's really interesting because every single person that I've talked to thus far has given the same advice yeah. of, like, literally stalk them, do it nicely, and do yes. it respectfully. Yes. But it's really the way to make connections yeah. and the way to make someone know your face yes. and know that you're serious Definitely. about this. Um, I also think it's super interesting just hearing the comparison because, like, coming from Newhouse, yeah. I mean, of course, Newhouse has connections yeah. and, like, there are career fairs and stuff at really, mm-hmm. I'm sure, at any major, at any major university, yeah. but it was not as evident as it was in Whitman. Yeah. Like, I remember you dressing up and looking cute and going yeah. to career fairs all the time, yeah. and me and a lot of other Newhouse people just, like, focusing on, like, creating and right. making yeah. and proving yourself in other ways, like, making those connections outside of the school. Uh But I think, to you guys listening, like, you kind of have to weigh what your school can offer you. And, like, is it worth your time? Is it not? In Izzy's case, it evidently really was. And I think that it's never – you should never overlook those opportunities. Like, take talk to upperclassmen. Talk to people who might be able to give you more advice about that. Like, in mentorship program – yeah. Sounds like something you should totally take advantage of and see really what your university can offer yes. you. Yes. 
and take advantage of everything. And they have these, you know, events and these breakfasts and these coffee talks and these office hours for us to take advantage of. And it also makes you stand out a lot more, especially in college when they know we're all, especially, no offense, Syracuse, but like, (laughs) We have, like, a million things going on. Like, when they know you can be, like, out drinking the night before or, like, bar hopping or go to frat parties. Like, if I send in a resume to that person and she's never seen my face, she's going to overlook it. Which is, like, I've been at Syracuse five times. Where has she been? Yes. Where you going and showing up to these things shows a lot of... Initiative. Yeah, definitely. So, especially for internships, that would be, like... The biggest thing, and I think the thing that helped me the most to get out there and to meet these um, advisors and these recruiters. So after TJX, I interned at Macy's going into my senior year um, in the buying program. So Macy's has a whole internship program. So a lot of the bigger retailers like Ross Sachs... um, Macy's, TJX, I think there's, like, a couple other ones, have these internships, these, like, 12-week internships, and they're all basically the same thing. You are, like, you are put on a team as a buying intern or a planning intern, and you do, like, a intern project that you present to high-level executives at the end of the summer, and there's intern activities, and Networking Um, events, I'm sure. So, and all of them are basically the same, like, from what I've heard. Um, So, yeah. So, I chose to go to Macy's because it seemed like a great place to learn because it is one of the biggest department stores. It's been around for years and they know and it's sort of just this reputation they have in the industry that they teach their interns and their um, incoming uh, employees, they teach them a lot, and it's a great yeah. place to learn about the business. Um, so I knew that going in after, you know, talking to my professors, um, and really after my internship, I was just hoping for a job. Yeah, so your a internship lot of the, at Macy's. Yes. So all of these, going into your senior year, mostly all of the internship programs at the end tell you if you are, like, going to be... Hired or not? Like, at the end of the summer? Well, if you get a good recommendation, you don't have to interview. Again, for the... It's basically, like, the internship is a job interview. Got it. And so, after the internship, it was, like, eight weeks after the internship, I got a great review, and then they said the recruiter will be in touch with the next couple of weeks of, like, next steps. But, like, I had to say that, like, I would want to work there as well. Like. I don't know exactly. I think I, like, signed a paper or something. But, like, at the end of your interest, like, yes, I would yeah. be interested yes. in, like, looking further yes. into and, my And, like, if you here. didn't get a bad review, you could sort of tell, you know, like, why wouldn't they offer me the job if my, like, uh, supervisor didn't say anything yeah. or, like, gave me a great review. And then they hand the review, the review off to the recruiter. Um, so I think like my third day of senior year, I was offered the job job. so early, so early. And I knew I wanted to be in New York city. The retail companies pay really well for like a starting out position too. So I wasn't, so I was like, yes, I didn't even really like, I didn't want to interview anywhere else. It was so easy. So 
I literally knew I had a job, like, three days yeah. into senior year, and I sort of, like, let loose the rest of it. <laughs> Which um, is, like, so wildly yeah. different from my experience or yes. an experience with entertainment or production, because I told you guys, in my opinion, if you would like to work in entertainment or digital media, like, don't even think about a job until after you graduate, yeah. because there's just no chance you're going to get one, because yeah. the turnaround is so fast, like... They, someone quits and they need an associate producer tomorrow. They don't need one in five months or whatever. Yeah. So it's so interesting to hear that, like, in this world, in the retail world, and in buying and merchandising, like, you plan out super far mm-hmm. in advance for this stuff. And, like, that's so amazing that there are yeah. these programs that really offer you, like, a, a jump start into your career. Yeah, and these companies are so big that when I started... I was in a starting class of, like, maybe, like, 30 other new associates, and I started in July, so we were the July class. There was a June class of 30, and then there was an October class of, I want to say, like, Mm 20-something. It's just that these huge corporations can hire all these people, but they also rely on people, like, leaving. So that's how, like, but it's, that's... It's like a jump start. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's sort of crazy that there was, like literally 60 of us who are all started at the same position um but that's just it's sort of like an odd thing I think too but it's just that's how they work and I think all of them really like work like like yeah um, department stores so then after Macy's you were there for a year yes and then I was an assistant buyer in cosmetics which was super fun because I wasn't a huge makeup person before but um I was working with Urban Decay, which I mentioned earlier, and MAC, and Anastasia, and a couple smaller brands, but it was super fun, because, like, we got to be with the product all the time, and everybody was so nice, and there was a lot of people my age at Macy's, which was really fun, Um, so I met a lot of great friends there, Um, but I knew that I wanted to be at a smaller company. Um, I didn't want to be in a huge corporation because I felt like I was also a little bit invisible, you know, which happens, which happens and it's easy. And I wanted to do something a little bit more creative. And because I was working with all these account executives and all these brands, I was like, that's like, I would love to be on the other side. Like I would love to be selling this product because you, I, even though I was a part of the Macy's brand, I wanted to be part of one brand. I wanted to be a part of. Right. Something I wanted to represent. Um, right. You wanted, you wanted to work for the designer yes. as opposed to the buyer yes. and the store. Yes. And also, I didn't, you know, me and my boss at Macy's talked about me moving on and it just didn't excite me, which I think was a telltale sign that yeah. I, like, needed to move on into a different company. Yeah. You guys have um, asked me in question and answers and things like that, like, when do you think it's time to move on to your next Mm -hmm. job? Yeah. And I think one of the things that's most important is, like, do you want your boss's job? Yeah. Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then, like, continue. Exactly. If the answer is no, then maybe it's time to look into something else. Yeah. Um, Does it still excite you and are you still learning? Right. Because if you feel like you've hit your maximum of what you're learning every day, then, like, maybe it's... Maybe that was just it for you and that you had your year of learning Definitely. so much or, like, your three years yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, like, now it's time to learn more things at a new place that's going to open, like, so many more doors for you right. about, like, what you can achieve and yeah. accomplish. I also think we're so young that we can move and try different things yeah. now versus I don't want to be 
40 years old. I mean, maybe not even 40, because I still think that's young. But, like, 50 <laughs> years old. Not saying that's old, but I'm just older. saying, like, older. And be high up in a company where, like, I'm not in love with my job. And also where it, like, might be harder to, like, move other places. Right. Where now, you know, I can move around. I can try out different companies and different formats and just different positions out there. And really discover um, what you want. Yeah, exactly. And I think... I had, I knew I had great relationships with um, my team members and my bosses and my supervisors at Macy's where if I left and I ever felt like I wanted to come back that like they would still welcome me with open arms and still be something I can, somebody I can leverage in the industry. Um, I didn't wait until I was like burnt out right. and like hating everybody. And, you, had, like, you left on your good terms. Yeah, I left on good terms. So I knew I wanted something smaller. I knew I wanted to go on to the brand side. Um, I did sort of want to stay in cosmetics, I thought. Um, But I found this opportunity at Jason Wu. um, And Jason was one of those designers that he started about 10, 11 years ago. And that's when I sort of started, like, reading Vogue or, Mm -hmm. like, just researching more about like fashion the fashion industry and so I remember like reading his name back in high school and like recognizing it and um seeing it on stars and so I said this in the interview with them that it was when he started becoming more popular and his brand started becoming more popular is when I started you know really diving into my interest in fashion Mm -hmm. so he was one of those names that I always knew um, so I found the position on LinkedIn. I applied. On um, LinkedIn? On LinkedIn. Cool. Yeah. I use, uh, like, I love LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn has a really good job search yes. feature. Yeah. If you guys are on the job hunt, definitely check out LinkedIn. And those jobs are legit. Like, discovery yeah. posts on LinkedIn. Like, yeah. those job postings on LinkedIn are, are legit. Yeah, and, like, it tells you, um, like, you can say, like, I want associate level or, like, beginner level. What city you want. Yeah. Um, but, like, I use LinkedIn, I think, more than I use Facebook now. I'm just, like, <laughs> scrolling through. I It's, like, so odd, and I never thought I'd say that, but, like, I love LinkedIn. No, it's so fun. But yeah. also, guys, like, fair warning, don't stalk your ex on LinkedIn. He'll be able to see. Your name will pop <laughs> no, up in an email. You can, you can hide it. But you have to, if, but you, then you, you can't see who's looking at yeah, your yeah. profile. Yeah, yeah. But I did do that one month of premium for free, and I loved it. (laughs) But guys, that happened to me. I did one month of premium for free, and then I forgot to cancel it, and they charged, like, $300 onto my debit card, and I had to call LinkedIn and be like, please cancel this. I'm a student. I don't have this sort of money. Please cancel. And they did, but, like, fair warning. What I did also when I was applying for jobs, and I wasn't desperately looking either. I was only applying to places that I knew I would want to be in. I wasn't at this point where um, I was like, I need to get out. I need to. And I was just applying everywhere, which I think happens to a lot of people. So if you are thinking about looking for a new job, start looking earlier. Right. So it's less, less pressure, more casual. Yes. yes. And you can, and pick out like, make a list of like a couple of things that you want in a company, because if you're not miserable where you are, you only want to go up from there. You don't right. want to end up at a place where you hate if, like, the place you were at before was, like, fine for you. Right. It's, like, why leave a perfectly good job? You should only leave it for, like, the job, yes. not, like, any job. Yeah. Um. So I was only 
when I first started applying, I was like sort of applying everywhere. But then I was like, no, I want to be at a place where it's only going to be better from here. Yeah. One thing that I learned with LinkedIn too is that I stalked all the employees and to see where they were before. Oh. Um, I don't know. I think it's just helpful to see like where they came from, sort of. Like they came from a bigger company or a smaller company or you know, just their background. Also, if you happen to know who you're going to be interviewing with, stalk them too. Yeah. And like, I didn't bring up anything I knew about them, but it's just helpful to, you know, see what their background is. Right. Um, you can sort or if of... you happen to have something in common yeah, with them. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it's just like a good way for you to prep and also like make you less nervous because you feel like you know a little bit more yeah. about them. Um, also, if they come from a background that's similar to yours or very different I feel like you can sort of tell what kind of questions or like how they're going to approach the interview also to see like if they would be your direct boss or like someone on your team or an HR person um so always do your research on LinkedIn before going into the interviews okay so when you are you applied to this job via LinkedIn and like at least for me when I just send my resume out into like a world of, like, yeah. a job board or, like, a yeah. LinkedIn posting. I'm, like, if I don't have a connection or someone yes. I can reach out to, I'm, yes. like, how are they going to see my resume yeah. over everybody else's? Yeah. Like, what did you do to make yourself stand out? Or, like, what did you do to actually secure that interview? Or was it just, like, dumb luck? I think it was just dumb luck with that okay. one. Because I knew nobody there. Literally submitted my resume through LinkedIn and somebody emailed me back. Um, I was just really lucky that that happened. But I... I think more times than not, my LinkedIn applications probably went, like, unread or, like... Right. You just have um, to apply to so many to get the yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like when people tell me I have to go on, like, 100, LinkedIn, 100 hinge dates to, like, find one what, boy that yeah. I actually like. Unfortunately, it's, like, the same thing with, like, <laughs> applying to a job. But if you do know somebody, you know, let them know that you're applying. Ask them questions, too. See if it's, like something that they like to do, see them right. if they know what the team is like. Um, it's always really helpful to get an insider's perspective, especially right. when to applying for a company. Which is, like, what an informative interview is. Yeah. And it's a great way to learn, like, just about who the, what the company is and also, like, about the position. Because I think a lot of people see these job titles and like oh my god that's so glamorous. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Like, I want to be a buyer at Saks yeah. and, like these things and like they don't really know what it means right they don't know what it means day to day and like to really talk to someone and learn about it yes is like really important yeah because like you what if you get into the job you're like this is not what i thought it was gonna be also you don't want to waste somebody else's time either but also i talked to a lot of different people in the industry whether it was a recruiter or um somebody who you know worked in that job i wanted um any connection helps and you never know and I want, this is maybe for all, a lot of industries out there, but in retail, it's such a small world. Buyers go from company to company and everybody knows everybody. Make as many connections as you can and like keep those connections up and still try to like network yourself. I hate networking. Like Same. I, I don't like going up to people. I just, that's just not me. But, you know, making connections and just knowing people's names or, like, knowing people you want to, like, meet or um, somebody you want to just, like, get coffee with and find out more. It's such a small industry. Everybody somehow knows everybody. And, like, if you were to burn a bridge, then it's because you never know if, like, I burned a bridge at Macy's, but then my buyer went to go work at Saks. And then later I 
was what selling it, to her at Saks. Yeah. That, but that happens. Right. It's crazy, but that happens. And um, I don't know, maybe you can speak to like your industry, but that if you burn that bridge, then like it really. Well, I mean, I think in any industry, it's probably awkward. Like if you work yeah. in one industry, you have to expect that people are going to move around and yes. like even in production like let's say you use a videographer and yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys don't get along and then you go to another company and he or she ends up being there or yeah. an editor or yeah. even like a talent like mm-hmm. obviously you just want to be on good terms with everybody yeah. that you work with yeah and like sometimes you may not want to be and like sometimes that person like might suck or like you <laughs> there you will know? be there definitely will be people that suck but like you just have to do that for the better of your career yeah So I speak a lot about, like, if you're a writer and Mm -hmm. you want to be a writer and you want to make yourself stand out, like, you have to write. If you want to be a producer, you have to produce. Like, even if you're not being hired by someone, like, I make YouTube videos. Like, what's some advice you would give to someone who's in college, who wants to get an internship, but, like, doesn't have that experience yet to get their first internship? Or maybe they didn't do an internship junior year. And they're a senior now and they want to intern at... A fashion house right. or a department store. Mm-hmm. Like, what can they actively do to, like, yeah. stand out? I think one thing that I heard a lot when um, interviewing, especially when we internships, a lot of the um, recruiters liked it when you worked in a store. Okay. Because that is, even though you're not, when you work in a corporate office, you don't work hand-in-hand with associates, but... If they know that you worked in a store, they know that you know what the merchandise, like, looks like on the floor. You know what mm-hmm. your customers look like. You know how to build relationships with your customers. Um, you know how to sell. Yeah, and I think people think it's, like, very glamorous and, like, we make all the decisions. But in reality, it's the sellers and the people on the floor that are selling the clothes. And that's the yeah. only way the company makes money is the this clothes sell. Yeah. So that's why also, like, what I was saying earlier, we like to you know, have a good relationship with all the associates in the stores because they are going to be the people that are selling the clothes. They're going to be the people interacting with the customers. They're going to people, they are going to be the people that makes your merchandise look nice. So a lot of people, even though not everybody might want to do it, but like if you like going into sophomore year, going into junior year, like work at a store during that summer. Like, so that was one thing that I heard a lot of the recruiters say. Um, Also people like knowing that you are very proficient in Excel in my oh, job. Okay. Yeah. Because also a lot of what we do is math and a lot of like spreadsheets and um not crunching numbers, but like selling reports, like figuring out like how um like how things are selling, mm-hmm. which is all comes basically in Excel. Be like a Excel certified, which is what we had to do in the business school. Got all it. the students had to be Excel certified. Um so make sure, like, you have that. But also I think a lot of it's just building relationships with your professors and the um, the recruiters. And it's really hard because, like, there's not something that I produce to show somebody, right. to, like, put in a portfolio. Unless I'm obviously, like, in fashion design. Yeah. Where mine is more, like, business related. Um, but keep your school projects. Like, we had school projects um, of, like selling report data or stuff like that like keep that I've never had to show anybody any recruiter that but just keep it so also you like know to reference it yeah um when you're talking to somebody I don't I have no idea yeah, yeah, like yeah. let's say you wanted to be in like you wanted to be 
in sales or yeah. in buying at yeah. a store and like you had a blog or like a fashion Instagram. Yeah. Like, is that something that they would be like, absolutely not? No. Or would they be like, yes, this is great. Like yeah, you're yeah, involved. Yeah. That's like a great, um, aspect to have because I think any way that you show that you're interested in that you, um, keep up to date with the business, um, I think is a good addition to like just your regular academics. I think a hundred percent having a blog or also like Instagram's now becoming more, um, relevant in today's like work working world um where like you can definitely utilize um that creative aspect I think a lot of people like apply to fashion jobs and retail jobs and think like oh I'm gonna be working like in couture with like these like Dior and Chanel and like this is what I'm gonna do a lot of the buying jobs are not in what you buy uh, what you like people I when I worked at TJX I worked in sheets you end up liking your business because it's yours, but it's there's people working in like men's wash watches, men's underwear, yeah. home goods, candles. When you're applying to these jobs, you can't think it's gonna be this like fancy schmancy, you know, gig that you have. I think a lot of what goes on behind fashion and retail is like not as pretty as everybody yeah. thinks. And like I think a lot of girls apply to these like fashion internships and like PR internships thinking it's gonna be like all fun and games and it's not this fancy thing and I think you can't act like that when you're talking to recruiters or like applying to jobs like you have to be willing to like you know like sort of get dirty yeah um okay I feel like that's it I feel like thank we've made so it through the end. Me. Izzy, thank you so much I for coming this. all the way to Brooklyn to do this oh with God. me and for bringing me a pint of Van Leeuwen. I did, I did. I loved having you. Thank Izzy's you one so of my much. bestest friends I'm in the so whole excited. universe. Um, and I'm so excited for all of you guys who work in fashion or like sales or PR or whatever, who like are kind of confused about this whole world. Yeah. I hope that this helped and I hope that if you guys have any questions, reach out to Izzy. Yes, definitely. Maybe I'll make my profile public. Yeah, DM her. I feel like you're like a C list love now. <laughs> no, I'm the C list celeb. No, you're A Jordan. Oh my god, stop. So Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys so much. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Follow at Jordan Rebecca, follow at Bitchwork, and follow at Izzy Hodgson for all things Jason Wu. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. Of course. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.